Hello, everybody, and welcome. This is episode four of the Sarah Has Things to Say podcast. I'm your host, Sarah McCallion, and thank you so much for being here today. Today's topic is one that's dear to me, and I know one that a lot of people can relate to and understand. So today's podcast is going to be primarily about postpartum depression. So for anyone who's experienced depression or anxiety or challenges with their mood throughout their life, what you'll know is that the challenges that you face after having a child can be even more so complicated because now you have this baby to take care of. My experiences and my journey with having two children are both very different. What was going on in my life when I had my first son and my second son are two separate stories, but the experience of postpartum depression, primarily the postpartum anxiety was very significant for me. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that today and what it is. A lot of women don't even know what it might even feel like to have postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety. Anxiety. And actually, when you are in the postpartum phase, you don't even realize that it's happening until maybe like six months later when you're like, holy, what is my life? What have I just been experiencing for the last six months? It's so hard to identify what these symptoms are, what they feel like, and what they actually are doing to you while it's happening. What we know about depression and what I know from being a mental health professional about depression is that it looks different. It can happen at any time in your life, young, old, middle-aged, and it could happen for many different reasons. It could happen for no reason at all but why I'm so passionate about mental health is because I just can see how powerful the mind is and how multifaceted the brain is and what it does for us and so I'm passionate about it because I can see in ways in which it challenges us but also ways in which it strengthens us and the things that we say to ourselves and the way that we talk to ourselves and the stuff that we input into our brain has a very significant impact on what's going to come out and so for me when I had my first son it was like I spoke about before it was a transformative time when I was pregnant it was one of the first times I ever felt myself going through something where I was like oh I feel so at love with myself at peace with myself just content with who I was and where I was going in my life and this growing child inside of me brought experiences that I didn't even know were to come when I had my first son and while I was pregnant I always told myself I think I'm fine like I feel good right now this pregnancy is okay things are going well I don't think I'll end up having postpartum depression I just like told myself that you know I know I've struggled with depression in the past I knew I'd struggle with anxiety in the past but I was like I feel like once I have this baby I'm just gonna want to love it so much and I I won't even feel those feelings that I thought that I had heard that would come up for me I think the biggest challenge was the dramatic shift in my life and my lifestyle prior to having my son and then after and so being that it was so dramatic like going from working for so long and so often and so much to not working at all and just being home with my child it was that huge shift and then the shifts in hormones that happens after you have the baby that dramatically impacted my mood dramatically impacted how I felt about myself and all those things that come when you have a new baby and you're a new mom. The postpartum experience is so different for everybody. So like I've said before, this podcast might not resonate with you and your postpartum journey and that's okay. If it does, I'm, I'm happy I'm here to be talking about it with you to you. And if you learn anything from it, I really appreciate that. And I hope you'll share it with anyone that might need to hear it or maybe could relate. For me, what I found to be the most challenging part about my postpartum journey was the anxiety and panic that I felt about something possibly happening to this baby. I had never felt a love the way that I did the the moment I laid eyes on that boy. I know that a lot of moms experience this feeling of love disconnect or like they're not connecting to their baby. They feel like sometimes they're not grounded or just, you know, their brain is not there. They're not present and they're just somewhere else. So for me, I genuinely felt this overwhelming sense of love for this child where I was terrified something was going to happen to him. The moment that he was out of my body and he could no 
long, I no longer felt I had this control over the safety of holding him in my stomach. It really got to me. I was so worried every single day. Like I would think about all of these awful things that could potentially happen to this baby. And the thoughts were so intrusive. And I genuinely thought that these thoughts were my own. So what I learned later about this postpartum anxiety and depression is just how intrusive the thoughts are. They're not who you are. I'm not the kind of person that would ever hurt my baby. I never thought I would have those kinds of thoughts. And those weren't really in line. But what I realized is how often these illnesses and these experiences can lead moms to the, down these paths of where things do end up happening to the baby. And what we realized later is if there were certain interventions that maybe happened prior to a child being harmed, that maybe that mom would have been okay. And so we've heard stories in the media. We've heard awful situations that have happened where parents have harmed their children later on. And that story and that situation is not what happened to me in any way. I didn't have thoughts of harming my child, but I was severely impacted by the thoughts of something possibly happening to my child. And so what we know about mental health is that it's very hard to understand. It's very hard to understand why in those situations where we've heard moms harming their baby or something happening, it's hard to understand why they would do that. And that's why we have to really understand that these are illnesses and with mental health and with the lack of mental health support in society, these unfortunate tragedies happen because of a lot of lack of support. Knowledge provides support, people provide support, professional intervention provides support. And so in so many of these situations, we can see like moms were experiencing postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, and they were alone, or maybe they didn't, weren't having the adequate professional intervention. And so it made it really challenging for the mom to get the help that they needed. So for me in particular, I would panic a lot. I would wake up in the middle of the night, obviously being sleep deprived, obviously being stressed about the baby. And I would think that something had happened to the baby almost every single night for weeks on end. So I would wake up and I would be frantic looking for my son. Where is he? He was, you know, in the crib beside me, but it took me periods of time to realize that, oh, it's, it's anxiety. This is anxiety. This is panic. That's, you know, come over me. And I felt so ashamed that this was happening to me because I was like, I should be able to control this. I should be able to control my anxiety. I should be able to control my feelings, my emotions, and it shouldn't be impacting me so much. I found when I first had my first son, it was incredibly, incredibly challenging for me to leave the house. So many moms talk about this. I used to read um, blog posts about it. I used to read or hear on social media or Instagram or things like that, just about how real that feeling is of leaving the house. And for me, it was mainly like, what if we get into a car accident? What if something happens to him? What if something happens to me? I could make myself cry instantly just thinking about like, what if something happens to their dad? What if something happens? All of these what ifs that were so, so harmful to my brain. Thinking about all these worst case scenarios every single day, every moment of every day was so overwhelming. And I couldn't regulate. I couldn't manage those emotions on my own. It was way too challenging. It was even really hard for me to recognize that it was happening when it was first happening. So, I mean, the first few months, it is challenging to leave the house. As all new moms know, it's hard to now plan for a baby. It's hard to plan diapers. It's hard to even get out of the house at a certain time. Oftentimes we're interrupted by feedings. We're interrupted by changes. We're interrupted by the baby just being sad or crying or something going on. Naturally, it's hard to leave the house. But then when you have these extra layers of anxiety sweeping over you, these overwhelming senses of stress and fatigue and exhaustion that hit once you're in that postpartum phase, it can be tremendously difficult to just like get out of the house. For me, I think the reason why it was so hard was because I enjoyed going out before. Like I enjoyed the socialization of being around friends or family, or I enjoyed this aspect of going out on my own or doing things. And when I had had my son, I was like, we're just the safest if we're in our home. But then how could I explain that to other people? Like when other people would invite me out or if someone wanted to meet up and I was just like, no, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. When I know that what's healthiest for my son is 
exercise, getting out of the house, socializing, being around other babies, all of these things that make the baby happier would end up making me happier, but I just had to get there to feel that. So at first I, I really, really struggled with that. I remember feeling like angry when people would want me to go out and I was thinking like, how do these people expect me to leave the house? I don't know how, I don't know how, I don't know how to like pack a bag and get out the door. And it sounds so stupid because we do it all the time, but it was just all of this fear was preventing me from action. All of these thoughts were preventing me from action. I had had anxiety and I had had worry thoughts my whole life when it came down to having the baby and, and learning that these thoughts were transformed into just this like intense worry about something happening to him. I realized that, oh, if I don't manage these emotions in some way, I could actually end up being this way for the rest of my life or it could significantly impact my child, my child's mood, how he's responding to me and how we're connecting. And so at first I was very hard on myself. I was, who am I as a mom? I don't know what I'm doing. And now every single day I'm waking up with panic thinking that something's going to happen to my baby. But what I learned from that is that in this experience as new parents, because it's not just moms, I see it so frequently with dads, the same level of anxiety transpires. So it's not moms or dads separately, it's parents alone. I see how much guilt and how much fear actually drives mostly all of our decision making. And so it's not based on logic. It's not based on reality. We can what if ourselves out of so many different situations and prevent ourselves from ever even living or experiencing things fully. We can prevent ourselves from being in relationships. We can stop ourselves from going and experiencing a wonderful day with our child by just worrying like about all of these factors that we actually cannot control. And when you realize how much of our safety is driven by this thought that we can control things, what we realize is that we actually have no control. And most of the time we have no ability to dictate how something will go left or right. We make all these plans or we have all these ideas about how our life should be or what it should look like. And then when we realize that it never goes the way we thought it would, it never goes the way we planned, we just feel dis disappointed. And what it taught me is that I have to start each day with a fresh slate and recognize that, you know, what happened yesterday, it's not coming into today. If it was challenging, if it was difficult, if I had to overcome something, it was going to stay where it was yesterday. And I would pick up from where I was starting off with a fresh face or a fresh state. I wasn't going to guilt myself from the things that happened yesterday into the next day. And it took time to develop that ability. I would hold all of this. It was like a bag of guilt. It was like, I carried this bag of guilt on my shoulder everywhere I went as a new mom. Am I doing the right thing? Am I, am I feeding him enough? Am I, am I making sure that he's cleaned enough? Am I changing his diaper enough? Are like all of these list of things that we would severely put pressure on ourselves for all of these to do's and these checkboxes, like I've talked about before. It's like that bag of guilt that we're carrying around is not allowing us to be present with our children. When I had my second son, I recognized how strongly I was able to slow down and appreciate the experience of being a new mom again. But I know that not everybody gets that experience. So when you're a new mom and you're ha you have one child and you maybe only end up having one child, you may never even have a second child to get that experience of getting to try it over again or that like redo. And I, and I mean, I know it sounds silly, but for me with my second son, I was able to just like stop and just like smell him and kiss him and hold him and be like, he's not going to be this small forever. I want to take this all in. And you know what? If if I don't want to go out today, it's because I don't want to. It's not because my brain is telling me I can't. Or if I want to go out today, I will find a way to make it happen. I know it sounds so silly, but when you conquer going out with your baby and getting home and it not being a, a, a tremendous catastrophe, you feel like, oh, I did it. I did something. I, I, I made some sort of success today. And so for me, that was like, was a building block to some of my parental success of like, oh, I actually left the house and it wasn't a catastrophe. And so we realized that we have all these thought processes that are associated with anxiety, like catastrophizing and anticipating the 
the worst case scenario all the time. And these thoughts can actually be changed. They are very distorted. They are not centered in, you know, peace or reality. It's often centered in things that we know can happen, but we can't prove for sure if it's going to happen to us. We'll never know. And that's the thing about life is that we can't ever tell the future. As you guys know, I needed to stop sitting with my magic eight ball and thinking I could tell myself what was going to happen and what was going to outcome, what the outcome was going to be. And I had to really just like slow myself down and think like, if I don't really change the way that I'm thinking, or if I don't change the, the way that my brain is working right now, I'm not going to be able to live in the way that I want to live and be able to show up for my son the way that I want to show up for him. And it scared me a lot. And so if you are a new mom right now, it's terrifying. And so I validate that. And that's the biggest thing that I think we underdo is we don't validate these emotions and these feelings. Instead of validating how scared I was and how terrified I was, I was just mad at myself all the time. Like, why are you so anxious? Like, why are you having these thoughts? Like, why can't you leave the house? Like, it was like, I had this voice in my head that was saying and judging and criticizing me in some way. And it, that voice steadily stayed for so long. And it was then me having to combat that voice of like, you know what, Sarah, it's okay. It's okay. If you don't want to leave today, you don't have to worry about anybody else outside of the house other than you and your children. That's it. If you get out today, good. If you go for a walk today, amazing. If you get to the coffee shop, amazing. When I actually go out now that I have children that are older, I'm so amazed by seeing women at coffee shops with their young children. I just like look at them and I smile and I think like, good for you. Like you made it out today and you're with your little child and like, you're just here. I think that because because we live in a society where we have these milestones and we have we have to produce and we have to be successful that when you are very busy and managing a lot of responsibilities like I was and you know taking on my life in such a drastic way when I had to like lower myself to this level of if you just leave the house today you've done something successful I couldn't compute that like I was like if I leave the house I'm successful like no that's a joke like I should be doing way more and this thought of production this thought of like making sure that the house is clean that laundry is done that food is made that this is done that isn't like needing to do all of the tasks as well as be a present mom I realized that I couldn't do it and it's not me. So I had to really like take away some of these expectations that I know society places on women, that society places on ourselves, that we have these, I had to take away some of these thoughts of what society has placed on women and realize that if it's not benefiting my mental health, you know, if breastfeeding and nursing is not benefiting my mental health, I will do the best that I absolutely can. And that's enough for my baby. Like that's going to be enough because if I'm trying to force myself to do things that are not working, or I'm trying to live up to these standards or these expectations, I'm only causing myself more suffering and I'm not living peacefully or in a way that builds intention or purpose and when I was able to move through these emotions and these thoughts and again get help through therapy because as I mentioned before sometimes for me and as you guys have probably noticed is that I go through a lot of things alone like I've dealt with a lot of really challenging things completely by myself and again simply because of embarrassment and shame but like I mentioned in the beginning is a lot of really awful things can happen when we don't let people into our lives and we don't let people help us and so I learned that for me the safest place for me to get the help that I needed was through therapy because I felt that it was non-biased. It wasn't my parents. It wasn't my siblings. It wasn't my friends or people that knew me. It was somebody that could just look at me at where I was at today and help me through these challenging thoughts that I was having, these challenging emotions. And for me, that worked. That might not be it for everybody. It might be turning to your religion, turning to your family, turning to cultural values and beliefs that make sense, that work within your life. But for me, I didn't have those things. I didn't have that support of knowing I could go to a priest or an aunt or an uncle or something like that that could give me this advice that I required. For me, the therapist helped me build these skills inside of me that I was able to really catch myself in my thought process. Like when I thought started having thoughts that, oh, something could happen to my baby. I had to really rework and say, yes, of course, something could happen to your baby. Something could always happen to your baby. However, today is Monday. <laughs> today is whatever day it is and grounding myself in the present moment. It was really, really hard. 
and this is not the only solution to these problems, but it's one solution that I found to be really helpful is grounding techniques and just finding myself to be more in the present moment and doing activities that place me in the present moment. So, you know, instead of doing laundry on a Wednesday where I was really struggling, I would, if my baby would go down for a nap, I would do a yoga session like for 20 minutes and that would allow me to be in the present moment. Maybe it isn't yoga for you. Maybe it's another kind of exercise, but um, lying on a mat and just meditating. YouTube is such a powerful place for meditation tools. Like I have listened to so many guided meditations that have been relaxing and helpful on YouTube for like the last 12 years. So going to YouTube, finding a meditation, just lying down and listening to it, it can be so, so powerful in helping our brain settle down. Cause what we know is that the more we can get out of our brain and in the present moment, we can change the way we think and we can really emphasize and really live through that neuroplasticity. I think one day I'll do an episode on neuroplasticity because I think the topic itself, if you've learned about it, heard about it, it's basically the brain's ability to change and we're able to change cells. We're able to change the way we think. And I think we often as humans say these things like people can never change or you're never going to be different. You're always going to stay the same. It's not true. And in my work as a mental health professional, I've seen so many people go from point A to point Z. And that doesn't mean that they're not ever going to tip back to point B, point C, but the trajectory of life is so different that yeah, we can go through something and overcome it. It doesn't mean we're not ever going to go back to that place and remember how it felt to be in that situation. There are a lot of times where I see myself going back to a place where I'm thinking the same way that I was when I was in that postpartum period, but I'm better able to catch myself and work through it because now I have all these things that I do that help me change the way that I think and then get me out of that place. I obviously still have a lot of work to do on other things that I'm dealing with right now, which will come in different episodes, but primarily with postpartum depression, it's like if you need someone to help you pull yourself out of your brain, get that help, get it from anyone that you feel is trusted if it's a professional or not. The other thing is that the most important thing is that you are able to take care of your baby. And the most important thing is that you have the support in place to be able to give you a break when you need it. You are not Superman. You are not Superwoman. I think we live in a society where we think we all have to be Superman and we're not, and we don't have to be. That's the thing. Like we don't have to do it all and be it all. And you know what? If we have people in our lives that are lives that are placing this additional judgment on how we're living, it's like, that's where we can kind of start thinking about cleaning up shop and realizing like who's in our life. That's this vampire, this person that's in our brain. Cause we all have that person in our lives. We know that takes away and doesn't give. So thinking about the people in our lives, the voices that we're hearing, you know, for me, I can tell you in particular, whenever I've been overly critical with myself, I can hear the voice of who it is in my life. And I'm reminded that that's not me. That's not my internal dialogue. My internal dialogue is like, Sarah, it's okay. It's okay. If you don't do the laundry today, it's okay. If all you did today is your baby is fed, like get your baby fed. But those dialogues of other people in our lives, it can be really, really, really difficult to overcome. So thinking about the people we have in our lives that really impact that dialogue that we have for ourselves. Moms, if you've just had a baby, be so, so, so loving to yourself. You have just done this miraculous thing that not everybody gets to do. And so it's a privilege, but it's also something where like, even though it's a privilege, it's like, it's also really hard. So it's hard to appreciate it. And just know that you don't have to put all this additional pressure to be the most glamorous postpartum mom. It's a mess. Postpartum is a mess. We, we feel a mess. We look a mess half the time nursing and breastfeeding. That's a whole other mess, you know, and if you've done it, you know, it's so hard. Be easy on yourself. And if it works for you, do it. If it doesn't work, don't force yourself to do it. If breastfeeding is not working, if it's just really not happening, don't spend like months and months and months forcing it upon you and your baby. It's just going to add more stress to you and your baby's lives. For me, I was able to nurse and it was something I, I really enjoyed doing because I felt a stronger connection with my baby. But there are so many other ways to build connection with your baby outside of breastfeeding and nursing. And that's the stigma that society placed on that if you don't breastfeed, something's wrong with you or something's wrong going to happen to your baby. And you know, there's so many people that have grown up and to be okay 
okay without it. So we know that that's not true. And debunking these stigmas and these stereotypes and, and you know, really just being kind to ourselves is so important. I know, and I know a ton of people who will tell you that tough love is necessary. And I agree with you. I think in certain situations and certain settings, we need somebody to come and really give us that tough love conversation. But I think in that postpartum period, we need compassion. We need kindness. We need people around us that are telling us that you're doing a good job, even if all you did was get out of the house one time today, or even if all you did was feed your baby. I think that if you are going through this right now, I want you to know that you're not alone. And I'm going to say this over and over and over again, but you're not. And again, like we find connection in talking about our experiences. And so the best relationships I've ever made have been by being honest and vulnerable and transparent and meeting people who are also in situations where I'm at. So don't just go around pretending you're fine, especially when you're not. Don't go around telling everyone I'm good. I got it all under control. I'm covered. I'm covered because you don't actually allow yourself to be vulnerable and connect in areas or with people where maybe in other settings you could have. We don't have to pretend we're okay when we're not. We don't have to lie about it because we're embarrassed or shameful. There are resources out there and there are people out there that are willing to be there for us. And I think if you could take anything from this podcast, it would be just be a lot easier on yourselves, even as hard as that is when it's actually happening. I'm going to end off this podcast just by saying thank you for listening. And if you're a new mom, I'm here for you. I will always tell you, reach out to me, send me a DM. If you've listened to this podcast, or if you know somebody going through postpartum right now, get help and get help early on. These symptoms can be really destructive if they go on for a long period of times. And our brain is no different than any other organ in our body. It needs the help. It needs the love and it needs the care. You would never tell yourself, oh, I don't need to see the doctor if I'm having a heart issue. You would want to get your heart checked and you'd want to go and get your heart taken care of. You need your brain taken care of just the same. And so release some of that stigma, take away some of those stereotypes around mental health and just seek out the services that you need when you're not feeling good because it can really have dramatic positive impacts in the future. I know that I wouldn't be where I am right now if I didn't seek out my doctor for use of medication, if I didn't seek out a therapist for the use of therapy, like all of these things, although they're not permanent strategies, we have to do a lot on our own. I think for the initial periods of time, getting the support from professionals as well as our loved ones is going to be crucial in making sure that we can best take care of ourselves and best take care of our baby. And my last piece of advice is you, your children and the home that you're building and creating is the most important part of your life. Work is secondary. Other family members, extended family is secondary. What you're doing in your home is paramount. So take care of yourself, take care of your partner, take care of your kids. And that's it. Don't worry about what everyone else is saying, what everyone else is doing. If everyone else is traveling around the world with their new baby, wish them well, wish them luck, wish them good, because that's what they're doing on their journey. If your journey does not look like that, it's okay. Your journey is different and it's still meaningful and it's still powerful. So thank you for listening. And I hope you'll join me for the next episode.